Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on the internet at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today, we're going to be talking about minute number 134 of Dawn of Justice. And the minute's going to start out with uh, Batman uh, finishing off his uh, stages of guilt and... uh, I guess, mini stages of guilt, and throwing the kryptonite spear uh, far away. The minute's going to end with uh, Batman making a promise to Superman and disappearing into the shadows. Yeah, the, this, the way the minute ends, ends perfectly into what we'll talk about kind of like in tomorrow. But when he, when he goes behind Lois and he's like, I'll make you a promise, and he says this very important quote that we'll get to, but like, he pulls off a Batman he, verbatim. Like he pulls off a Batman verbatim. Like yeah. he, like he is, he, he is he gone. Batman's them. Yeah. If you watch this scene completely, like without the minute by minute interruption, he disappears. Like once he goes behind Lois Lane, and they're gonna, this is gonna be one continuous shot. We're gonna, the after she's done talking to Superman, it's gonna pan back to where Batman was, and he is not there anymore. So keep an eye on that next time you watch this film. But um, as far as the stages of grief go that we're we're seeing Batman go through, this is aggression uh, that we see in the initial part of the film. Like he yeah. th- he throws a <clears throat> he throws a spear. He, he he's starting to realize his, the error of his ways. He throws a spear in aggression, and um, the end of this minute is the next stage, which is bargaining. But well, I'll get into that. But okay. Uh, um, Oh, yeah, there's a scout ship that's going haywire. It's something that we have to remember. Yeah, absolutely. There was still stuff going on in that. Um, did you did you watch the trailers when you when you saw this film? I watched the one trailer. Um, it came on television. I don't remember what it was for. There was something. I don't remember what it was, but it was just the one trailer that I saw. And, so you uh, never saw that Doomsday was in this film? No, I did. Okay, yeah, the first trailer didn't show Act 3. I watched up until the trailer that actually showed Act 3, and I, like... You were like, that was... I should have never no, done yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, and I've, I'm pretty... I don't even know if I watched the whole trailer. I remember seeing, like, the Wonder Woman show up and, like, the Doomsday thing, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking, did they just give away the whole movie? And I shut it off. I was like, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to I don't want to be that... I don't want to know that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did know that Doomsday was happening, um... I mean, I didn't put it together. They realized that, too. They realized that they they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have put Doomsday in the trailer. Wonder Woman was something that I wanted to see in the trailers, so I was okay when they were showing her. Like, to me, that was... To me, that was, like, Easter egg-ish. That was, like, showing Spider-Man in Civil War. Like, it's okay to show that, because when we actually see the film, then we'll see the actual action of Wonder Woman. It's okay to show her. Showing Doomsday, though, is a completely different thing. Like, should have never shown him. Um, and I want to meet people who didn't see Doomsday coming. And I want to know what that was like. Yeah, I want to meet the people that didn't know. Because once you introduce Doomsday, you automatically set in stone the death of. Like, that's just yes. it, plain and simple. So, like, you kind of knew what was going to come from that fight. I want to know the people that had no idea going into this that Superman was going to die. Yeah, because I think I, I think not... No, I'll, I'll save it for later and bring it up later. But I think this film being the death of Superman is one of the greatest 
decisions that they ever made for this film. And I'll get into it later and as to why. But yeah, we have to remember that this scout ship is going haywire in this film and uh, that this fight was not going to be the end of this film. Um, that something much bigger was going to continue furthering the idea of the Justice League. And uh, we get a little glimpse of that, a little scout ship going uh, haywire. And then we cut back to the uh, the warehouses within the... the, the time, yeah, the timer. I want to make a note. Ten minutes. Yeah. He's got ten minutes. Ten Ten minutes, minutes need to go by until Martha is supposed to be smoked. Smoked um, salmon. Yeah. I wrote, ten minutes. Yeah, because I wrote, I was like, nothing scarier than a guy putting on a flamethrower as you remain strapped to a chair with ten minutes left. Yeah. Like, that scenario is... Compl- you, you have to accept, I'm going to get burned alive. I'm going to... Yeah, we get sprayed with a flamethrower. I'm yeah, it's not so much being set on fire. Um Yeah, it's not so much being set on fire, but flamethrowers are not are not fire. It's napalm. Yeah, it's not yeah, this isn't uh you're not being set on fire. You're being like it's not lava, but it's not fire. It's like a gelatinous liquid yeah it's like uh this oozing it's like um yeah just being thrown oil yeah like it's more than fire it's like this liquidy melting like it's it's too much (laughs) it's way too much in a way the fire would extinguish your breath there's something there right oh yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) I th- wasn't Johnny? Didn't, I think she brought this up the other day or something. What about or how may- Anakin Skywalker shouldn't be screaming when he's getting burned? Or was it you or something? Like it was either you or Johnny, but they were like, "Hey, when there's that much fire, you can't even breathe." Yeah, no, you're out. Like that's like you can't even scream or anything. You get one good ha, and then yeah. like it's all just taken out of you. <laughs> yeah, and then the fire is just like you don't have any more oxygen. Mm-mm. Like you can't do anything. Um, and so yeah, that. Uh, that becomes a, an issue. Um, oh, I I know it, it was you. It was, we were watching Donald Justice, and it's the end of this uh, whole. It's when yeah, see, oh with the yeah, tape and everything. Okay, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. We'll yep, get into yep, that. Yep, we'll yep, get yep, there. Yep, 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 yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, nothing more terrifying than a person putting on a flamethrower as you are strapped to a chair. Like you don't see that many flamethrowers in films. I don't think the only two that I guess come to mind really are this one and Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, the two iconic flamethrower scenes. I think one of the small soldiers had a flamethrower, but there was like a fire on like one of the RC cars that they built or whatever. Yeah. Um, was there a flamethrower in a? More people need to have flamethrowers. <laughs> it's a pretty t- intimidating. Yeah, in the Rambo weapon. movies was there flamethrowers? There had to have been flamethrowers. There was like in the a Sarge's Heroes game where one of the characters had a flamethrower. Anyways, the uh, Army Men, Sarge's Heroes for PlayStation One. Or I had that. I had a Nintendo sixty four, but you had oh the blue cartridge. No, that was Tony Hawk. It was green. Um, it was green. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had it for PlayStation. Welcome back to Sarge's Heroes Minute. Nobody remembers that. That video. was good. They had like there was a specific levels where you could be three different types of helicopters. I think uh, there was one game where it was all about aircraft. And you were helicopters, and you would like. I think that's the one that I had. Sarge's Heroes, like yeah. aerial attack there, or whatever. There was, it was like ants attacking a picnic, yep. and you. Yep, were, I had that. Yep. There was like Sarge's Heroes two or whatever. Where like you, it was like, it was before the days of Halo and Call of Duty, and so like that was shoot 
like not first person video it was like third person shooter video games and yeah green army men yeah and you're like you're in this kid you're like in andy's room basically anyway we were getting way off topic i'm sorry yeah (laughs) um let's let's go back flamethrowers are cool flamethrowers are not cool terrifying yeah um and so we'll get what's weird is that like you can take like the m60 and that thing, like, you know, go through one war, you see how that thing goes through. And then someone was like, hey, maybe that gun shouldn't be handheld. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe that gun shouldn't be used in, like, a normal setting. Did that not occur to people that, like that have flamethrowers? Hey, maybe you shouldn't have a backpack full of gasoline that just sprays liquid fire on someone. Yeah, we, we tend to create the thing and then go, maybe it shouldn't exist. That's life, man. Like, we go, oh, tanks. Oh, mustard gas. Oh, like flamethrowers. Oh, like nuclear bomb. Bow and arrows. And then we go, wait a minute. That shouldn't, we shouldn't be using those. And then we go, oh, we can have a gun that can like turn so you can shoot around corners. And we go, eh, that shouldn't be a thing. And then we go, oh, we have these bullets that like track targets now. It's like, oh, we're going to die. Yep. This is the end of society. This is Krypton. We're on it right now. We're living it. We're living the, the, the nightmare. I saw a video not too long ago about like some of those bullets that like have the, the tracking thing on them. Yeah, we were on the crazy on the DC Cinematic Listener Society. We were talking about the DARPA weaponries and like bullets similar to what Lex Luthor has. And like they literally can curve mid-flight to like readjust and hit their target Mm -hmm. and it's like well this planet's been nice not really (laughs) um going back to batman and superman and lois over at the wherever they are gotham gothic gotham mausoleum mausoleum gotham mausoleum um superman is saying luther he wanted your life for martha's uh, basically giving exposition to what the situation is. So is Lois giving the audience exposition about what's going on at the ship. Uh, Batman is saying that Superman must go to the ship because it's Kryptonian. He's Kryptonian. Obviously, he's going to know what to do about it. And he's telling, you know, hey, I'm sorry. You go after that. I will go get Martha. And uh, what's so heartfelt is that Superman is like, my mother needs me. And Batman says, wait. And the fact like, that he instantly goes to it's like they need you at your sh- they they need you at your ship yeah at your ship yours or do they say that they need you at that ship oh, oh man I wish they said your, your ship <laughs> dang that would have been good but they need you at that sh- at at that ship I'll find her mm-hmm. like that reasoning right there that like snap into go mode that Batman is so good at doing mm-hmm. is just perfect yeah and then like this is uh so we had aggression the second stage of grief in the beginning of this minute. This is, in my opinion, where he goes into the third stage of grief, which is bargaining. And so he's like, he stops and he goes, wait, I'll make you a promise. Martha won't die tonight. Is this him trying to reconcile the fact that he was just trying to kill this guy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's the third stage of grief. He is bargaining. He's bargaining to, he's bargaining like, please let me make this up. Like, please let me, you know. Batman is still a good guy. Like, we can't forget that. Like, yeah, he's been good. the villain in this thing, but he still is Bruce Wayne at heart. Like, he is still a good guy. Yeah, men are still good. It's the theme of the name of his theme. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's true. And like, the, honestly, this is it. This is this and uh, the warehouse scene. It's all the bargaining part. It's all you know. Um, that's just what it is. It, he's and you know maybe. Yeah, he's just he's trying to make up for it. He's trying to he's literally trying to bargain for quote unquote Martha's life. Like he he's going to do whatever he can to make sure that Martha does not die tonight. And so it is the thir- the third stage of grief. It is the bargaining stage. He's going to do whatever he can to make sure that Martha does not die tonight. And um that means a lot to him and it means a lot to Kalau. Like it's it's their mother it's like that they're talking about, that they're referring to. And so this is huge for him. And so, again, going back to the whole Martha thing being the reason that they connect so much and it is like the turning point of this film. It's like, of course, of course, if he had the chance to save his mother, he would do so. And that's what we get here. And it's it, it's why I think it's so important. Um, but, yeah, that he tells he tells Kalo, he's like, I promise you. Martha won't die tonight, and um, with that, like he even says, like your mother won't die tonight. It's Martha won't die yeah. tonight. That's a thing. Like that's forty years of fighting crime and doing something that you've been trying to avenge your parents for. Like this is the moment where you. I mean, I guess like this is the moment where everything that you've been doing is coming to this. Like, hey, Martha won't die tonight. That's a direct reflection of your parent. He, like that's like, that's what it is. Not even he can believe that he's being able to say that sentence. Yeah. Like he can't like his ability to say that sentence is like like coming out of your mouth like must feel like the weirdest thing to say. Like Martha won't die tonight. And it's like that takes guts to say out loud. Again, replace with your own relative. Yeah. To be able to say that like they won't die tonight. Like I make that promise. I am control of that. Yeah. Like that's heavy. That's heavy duty, doc. Um, and when you do have the means to control that and do actually, you know, you're you're able to make that change, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you have to. Um, and so, like, and Superman, like, he nods. He's like, he's, he lets him do it. He's so thankful that he would do that. And, like, Batman soon starts to step away. And, like, immediately when he's out of frame, it cuts off. And it's just Lois tending to Kal-El, his, the wound on his face, and just the sadness in all of it. And it's I wanted to say so good. It's a good thing to point out the goodness in the heart of, of Clark, um, how he's just like instantly accepting help from this man that was literally stepping on his throat about to stab him in the chest. Like he's just accepted his help right there. Right then and there. I understand that, like, in the beginning of the fight, he was actually seeking his help. So he was trying to get a counsel mm-hmm. with him and say, hey, I need to explain all this. You know, sometimes guys just need to punch somebody to actually be like, hey, uh, maybe you're right. Get your anger out a little bit. But I know that there was uh, difficulty in a lot of fans that were seeing that, like, Superman accepted his help so easily. Yeah. But think about it. Like, he already went into this fight trying to get help and now he's receiving it so yeah you just had to take a couple punches to the face some really heavy gas that made your lungs bleed okay but all in all you got help it is it it, uh, i mean he even while dying he was like find him save martha yeah please if you're gonna kill me at least save her like he knew that was already his end game yeah so 
He will. He's like, dude, you want me to save Martha? I promise you, I will save her. She will not die tonight. It just, again, this I will say this forever and ever. It makes too much sense for people. Like, too much sense. Like, it all just points north and, like, we just don't want to accept it. And, then, like, it just makes so much sense that this is how it would turn out. Like, to me, there's no better way for them to set aside differences than this. this is the greatest storytelling, not like the storytelling method, like like plot point. Like this would be the turning point between Batman and Superman coming, becoming friends over turmoil. Like this is what this is how it's done. So again, at that point, it just becomes a matter of preference whether you even wanted the story to be told in the first place. But since this story exists, of course, this is the best way to go about it. Um, but that's all I have for this one. What about you? Yeah, man, that's, that's pretty much it. He, um, he, how do you, I'm trying to figure out how to properly say this. Um, to Batman is a verb. To Batman one, how do you, to Batman someone. To Batman someone. I, I know exactly what you're referring to. And yeah, I do it all the time. It's, uh, it's definitely a, uh. It's a skill set. It's a good thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a good, good thing to it's have. It's a good trait to have. Yeah, there you go. There you go. They're just um, Batman out of somewhere. Yeah, right. To to disappear without detection. Perfect. That's the definition of Batman as a verb. Yep. Um, but yeah, he, he he Batman's out of here. He literally will do it. And we'll talk about it in tomorrow's minute. But yeah, um, wrapping up, you can find us on all social media at DCU Minute. Uh, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society on Facebook. Join us, other listeners, and other guests that have been on the show. Talk about today's minute, any minutes you're catching up on, any Man of Steel minute episodes that you're catching up on, or if you want to talk about other films that are in the works or have come out um, that we haven't gotten to yet, find us on there. Let us know. And uh, we're also on Vero, so you can find us on there. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time here on DC Cinematic Minute.